0: Oborn and Heller on Cricket, brought to you by the Chiswick Calendar.
1: Good morning for me, Richard Heller, in a rather gloomy southeast London. Hi,
2: my name's Roger Alton, and I'm
1: standing in for Peter Oborn and a great treat it is to do. much
2: looking forward.
1: We have two very welcome guests. We have um, second innings for Annie Chave. And his first appearance was, um, was rather cut short by the sad death of the Duke of Edinburgh, which we had to uh, give a lot of attention to. Uh, we're very glad to have her back. She's the editor of County Cricket Matters, uh, which does what it, it says on the tin, a publication <laughs> that um, says that county cricket does matter. She's also a regular appearance on Gorilla Cricket. With her is um, Rob Eastaway. Rob Eastway is the author of a splendid explanatory cricket book, What is a Googly? It does say what is a Googly and much else besides. But both Annie and um, Rob are trustees of a wonderful organisation called the Googly Fund. Uh, The Googly Fund is a charity, a recent charity, in support of recreational cricket, uh, which we enjoy so much, we're going to hear about its work and um, its growing success. So, Annie and Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank
3: you. It's great to be here, isn't it, Rob?
1: It's great to be here, yes. Before we um, go on to the Googly Fund, I thought we might just uh, have a quick review of the season so far, and particularly, we've just seen the introduction of the 100 and um annie to put it mildly you are not a fan of the hundred have you seen anything or read anything to make you change your mind
3: um no uh i'm i'm still not a fan to be fair i haven't watched a lot of it i uh have seen a little bit of um a women's game but it's it's a similar thing that uh, if you're if you know that you uh don't like Love Island. You don't have to watch it. I know <laughs> that it isn't the cricket for me. Um, not being a T Twenty fan at anyway, or, or an IPL fan, uh, it it wasn't ever going to be for me. And that and that's part of the thing that it <laughs> that it isn't for um, current fans. Um, have I seen anything? It's it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, I think the main problem in the 100 was shown in the test match that we recently saw that there's no um, first-class cricket in the season from the 17th of July to the 30th of August. Um, I think that's huge, not that that's just the 100's fault, but um, I think the balance of white ball has um, is massive and I think um, we're we're going to Struggle with our red ball cricket at the moment, so in that in that sense, I'm uh, I'm not a happy um, county cricket fan.
2: Mm. Um, Annie, I think it's very interesting what you say, but the. It's not this it's not the hundred's fault that the no. England England played very badly, and and um, one of the reasons they played very badly is because India played very well, and India have the biggest T Twenty tournament in the world or the most successful in the world being the IPL. So I think it's it's a question of scheduling here and the atomization of cricket, but it's not the hundred's fault, which has been a fantastic success and I think bringing people in and for women's cricket. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, uh, <laughs> yes, I mean I have. Uh... I have reservations on both of those uh, points, but um, no, it isn't the hundred's fault. Of course, I, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the balance of white ball cricket, oh. the hundred, isn't helping the shift in um, the balance of white ball that's cricket. Just,
2: that's the scheduler's fault. That's yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, it's uh, it's a, it's a very difficult one. I'm I'm a fan of the Royal London Cup, and um, that has. Uh, really not been scheduled well at all this season. So um, having the final on Thursday, for example, was uh, was not great. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I have uh, reservations about the women's game, but I also ag- agree it has been, a, of course, um, massive, massive... You know, it's been shown everywhere. It's great exposure for the women's game. I, I have no doubt about that. And, and at last they're being paid, so... They all love
2: it. All the women players love it, as far as I can see and hear, and interviews with them. I mean,
3: yes, all the women that play it love it.
1: (laughs) This is the big point. Rob, what
0: view did you take of it, and what um, what do you think of it now? So, I'm a I'm a Test cricket lover. That's where I come to cricket from. Uh, But I watch other forms of the game. I watch. I've taken my family to 2020 matches in the past um, and my biggest feeling about the 100 was this massive monster imposing itself in the middle of the season and where did it sit uh, and, 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 and all, the, all the disruption to everything else because of the, the 100 is the, right at the centre. Now how do I feel having watched a few games, dipped in and out, watched with my family? Number one it's cricket and I You know, it's good fun watching cricket, it's like watching a 2020, there's a few different uh, gizmos and graphics and so on going on, but it's the bigger picture I'm still concerned about, even more concerned about, because of course, because this is the cricket that's on free to air television, it's the cricket that everyone will see and talk about, and everything else cannot survive in its current form so long as it's all about the 100. And I can kind of watch the cricket happily, What I don't like this modern word, gaslighting. I feel like I'm being gaslit at times. I'm being told this is something revolutionary when I've seen 2020 in particular and think this is just like that. And what we're not reminded of is the fact that I don't think that we've ever had a 2020 international broadcast on free to air in this country ever. Uh, as, as a county 2020 ever been shown on free-to-air telly? I don't think so. So most people under the age of 30 have never seen live 2020s before, let alone test cricket. We haven't seen a test match since 2005. And we haven't seen an ODI on television since 2000 or whatever. And let's not forget that the World Cup final in 2019 had about 10 million people watching it. And that was only because the Wimbledon final was on the other channel. So <laughs> ten million people, many of whom have never seen cricket, loved the end of that match. You know, we love cricket, but if you're starved of it, you can't infuse. So people will gobble up anything that's put on free to air, I think. So, I don't
3: yeah, exactly. I don't remember a time where you've had two like you've had the BBC and Sky both advertising a sport so massively. And and that's a good thing. It's it's a good thing. But it's also, I mean, the BBC have done wonders for Sky, um, advertising massive amounts of um, cricket, um, and and the website is covered, and and I I get notifications all the time uh, about the matches on at the moment, um, and and that's great, but it but it does show that it could have happened at any point, at any time, we could have had this.
0: My 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 other thought, yeah, I agree with all of that, and my other thought is. What's the five year plan? Where will cricket be in five years from now? I'd love to know what a season will look like. I can't imagine the 100 will get any smaller. But will the crowds turning up to the 100 want to go to a Vitality Blast game? Um, how do they discover about Test cricket? Because it's uh, you've got to sign up to Sky to see it live or go to a Test match ground, which is incredibly expensive. I mean, I would I take my kids to a London Test match? Wow, I mean, except the fifth day, it's just extortionally expensive. Mm. So where do, where do they discover this other cricket? And in the future, will the hundred and Test matches be happening at the same time? And where will the priority be when the Ashes is here next? Will we all be being told watch the hundred whilst the biggest uh, cricketing campaign is going on in the background for those of us who who love that? So
3: and the biggest money spinner as well.
0: Yeah,
2: we should march on the BBC then and tell them give <laughs> more money for for cricket, which I've always I think it's well, shameful.
3: Absolutely, absolutely, it's uh, you know, and, and everyone is calling it a success, and and yes, uh, it, but how do you how do you measure success? Do you say um, to to me? It's only a success if, if more people are playing cricket, more Asians join clubs, more women and girls join, um, which was massive anyway. There were huge amounts of women and girls playing anyway. Um, and, and also, to me, it's only a success if it, it helps county cricket.
2: Yeah. yeah I, think, um, I think it will get bigger because you, next year you're going to get the Indian stars and are the, you? Um, uh, the Australian stars, I think. Are you? Well, I don't know i mean
3: well i mm, I, I mean I, I don't think the Indian stars are able to, to play in any other format, are they
2: oh maybe maybe you're right, I must, I thought they were. I thought it was a deal a, it was a complicated deal around yeah maybe locking, I don't... locking in English players to the i p l if 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 there's a reverse deal is what I think has happened, but I'm not right sure. I do think that um Richard's very brilliant idea that if you catch a ball in the stand, you're allowed to keep it is um. Mm. it's such a sort of simple and terrific wheeze that would make it um, even more popular.
1: I thought it wouldn't make much difference to the state of the ball. Um, uh, state in, of the ball in, yeah. in in um, in In 100-ball cricket, it doesn't matter okay. what state the ball is yeah. in. It comes... Um, the, that's, I'm importing that suggestion from baseball. If you catch a ball in the crowd in baseball, you keep it.
3: Yeah, yeah. but why can't they have it at the end of the game?
1: Oh... I think you know what happens when more than one ball is caught in the crowd. Do they all get one? And do they all get the same ball? It'd be like all those arguments about Gary Sobers's um, the ball. If you had, if
3: if we have any idea quite how much money has been spent on the hundred, I think Mm. we wouldn't worry so much about
1: Uh (laughs) how many balls are put through. (laughs)
2: No, just one other tiny thing about sort of we, we get, I mean, there are apocalyptic voices like Annie and to a degree, Bob, about it's all terrible for a test cricket. I'm not you know, saying like, it's
3: all terrible.
2: About no, it. I know, sorry, Annie. I was, I was, uh, I was just uh,
1: hasty paraphrase there. Right? No, um, yes. the, the,
2: the, yeah. but the cover, if you look at the coverage in the papers, and I know nobody reads papers anymore, and more than pity, but the <laughs> coverage in the papers is entirely about the test match. The hundred gets about a paragraph in the sort of extra bit. So that's a sort of indicator, if you like, that. It, 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 the world hasn't
1: turned on its head, Roger. That well, that may reflect the demographics of the people who still read newspapers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the same people who still love Test cricket, but uh, there are not enough of them in either in either category.
3: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't so, think it should be either or. Uh, but how do you mean?
2: It's not either or. Annie?
3: I I I don't think cricket should be either you love Test matches or you love the hundred.
2: I, but I don't think it is. I
3: mean, yep. Sorry. But, yeah, <laughs> that, that's kind of what people I was trying would say. to say.
2: Exactly that. That, that I mean, mm. it's, the, the, the 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 there are all sorts of different priorities, and Test cricket is far from being not a priority, as we've sort of established. It's it's a, a huge, and couldn't be getting huger as the current Test series goes on.
3: So you don't feel the hundred is ephemeral then?
2: Uh, I, I, I don't no, I don't. I don't. I think it's considerably less ephemeral than I am, but I think it's.
0: Um... <laughs> I mean, the, the interesting thing about following the 100 is it's sort of Surrey at the Oval. It's sort of Lancashire at Old Trafford, but yeah. only sort of. And sort I'm a of. Lancashire, lifelong yeah. Lancashire fan. How do I feel about Liam Livingstone playing for Birmingham? Is it? Uh, and how does he feel? Where's his attachment? And I loved the, uh, the little uh, joke someone made when uh, Root got his 100 at Trent Bridge when the comment was, it's so good to see him scoring a century on his home ground. And you (laughs) think, "That's I, I, I would be happier with the 100 if it was more intimately tied with the counties where it's based. So Manchester equals Lancashire. Lancashire players don't go playing all over the country. Yorkshire players best over Welsh fire and so on. But there is a huge problem for the fabulous clubs like Somerset like Essex or whatever, what is their future? Where do they feed into? Where do they identify with? How can you be both? And that's where I think there's a division beginning to happen.
3: Absolutely. that's the, I mean, that is always and has always been the main concern for me, for The 100, is what happens to the 8, 10 sides that aren't hosting because it's massive. It really is massive.
2: But, I mean, so, I mean fine. I mean, I'm not a bit – you've got – Counties in the you know the Royal London, the fifty over game T twenty blast and the county championship, so that's a reasonable thing. And the, and the hundred is just something different. The fact that Besto plays Welsh fire or something, or you know, and Liam. I mean, I mean, I thought Liam Livingston picking up a good paycheck and banging the ball out mm-hmm. of out of Old Trafford. So, um, but you,
3: right, I thought, so, so I I'm a Somerset fan. I I haven't been yeah. able to watch my team hardly at all. Not the team I know. <laughs> no. Throughout the season yeah. um, and also, uh, you know, we're going to lose money on gates, we're going to lose money on membership, We're, you know, players are going to leave to go to the bigger clubs. I mean, that's happening anyway a little bit. Mm-hmm. But all of these things are, are damaging and damaging and, and further damaging in a sort of COVID-ravaged county at the time, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you are looking at massive, massive disruption from, from the, the smaller counties that aren't
2: test match grounds, that aren't hosting. But, I mean, I I agree with you, but maybe there's sort of evolution. If you look at the sort of rugby that was played 30 years ago between sort of Preston grasshoppers and whoever, it's now completely different. Same in Scotland in rugby terms. And Wales? Um, uh, Well, Wales, there's four bits, aren't there now? And there's uh, similarly in the West Country, which is the Mm. powerhouse. So things evolve and change. It's not necessarily for the worst, that's all.
3: Well, it is if if what you really love is going to watch your county play cricket, and it's not going to be the same.
2: You'll still go and see great cricket at Taunton, I know.
1: Hmm.
3: The how cricket the, that I like.
1: I'm not really up on this. How is the how are the revenues being shared out of of the hundred, and do they do they flow back into the counties at all? They flow back that into a, the
3: counties, yeah. But hmm. but the um hosting counties will get um share ah. of the gates.
1: right. And um, I'm what worries me about. I mean, we said a moment ago, yes, you can, in principle, enjoy Test cricket and the hundred, but uh, together. But a lot of the marketing of the hundred was on the premise that Test cricket was simply too complex for certain for certain audiences, and they had to be recruited to something simpler. And um, and in particular, uh, there was the. Uh, I think very patronising assumption that women and children needed needed something simpler than Test cricket, and uh, if you, if you have a competition premised on the idea that your the, the most important form of your game is 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 just too complex for people, uh, I see the thing diverging rather than converging.
3: Yep, well, absolutely. I mean, what, one of the positives that um, I have seen in in the one game I I watched of the hundred is that they they do and people have said at, at the grounds that that they explain things a lot better than they do at cricket and i think that's good for new new fans but um yeah very very hard to know how you um amalgamate the two i don't know of
0: course this is this is entirely why i wrote what is a googly in the first place and uh, yes exactly and i've always oh. passionately believed and in a, in a way i've always felt cricket did such a bad job of being inclusive of explaining and everything else and my wife's American I was used to talking to you know hangers-on at cricket matches um who didn't understand and I thought well you can either give them that tea towel and laugh at the fact they don't get it (laughs) or you can actually explain this game and bring people in and it's eminently doable and I've always felt it was a huge open goal you know missed opportunity to um bring people in and explain cricket um I've had no difficulty bringing you know, loads of people into, into cricket as long as they're not patronised and you answer the questions they really care about.
3: Mm. Like yeah. when's tea?
0: Yeah, and <laughs>
3: why
1: are they rubbing the
0: ball on their trousers? And...
1: Some indications aren't there that... Um... It has worked in its objective of bringing some new audiences to cricket. The opening weekend viewing figures did suggest that there was a younger audience in the viewing figures from Red Bull cricket, and particularly in um, that it had recruited more women viewers, Uh, and we've also talked about the exposure for the women's game. And uh, the cricketer had an interesting piece, Mm. which surprised me, suggesting... You know, there was genuine interest in these new, totally invented teams, who I thought would never get off the ground at all, in terms of um, loyalty and identity.
2: But Richard, at some point, all teams have been totally invented, haven't they? I mean, so I mean, it doesn't matter that they're invented. It seems to me, and I think that if you watch the telly, um, you can see that a lot of people are having fun. They're just having fun. And in fairness to what Annie said, that actually, a lot of a, a lot of the audience at test matches. Um, are blokes uh, drinking a large amount. I mean, yes. and that is the case. And you're not getting that at the 100, and that's probably a good thing, though the the, the sort of men's games in certain quarters do tend now to be like the T20 and consisting of a lot of sort of tanked-up accountants building beer snakes, which is... And, then, and that's not very nice if you're a sort of eight-year-old, I guess. I don't
0: know.
3: I think that's um, that's been a problem with T20, hasn't it? The, yeah, the, think... the um, mixing crowd, the um, drinking culture and then the yeah. kids' family. That's that's always been the case. The 100 said it wouldn't, you know, it, it was very much a family thing. Yeah. But I think that's a really hard thing to do to, um, you know, make that change immediately. I think um, they're, they're inevitably going to have um, some yeah. lads that have been there from the women's game onwards onto the men's game, you know, I think
2: yeah, yeah. Mm. but at, at least it's a go to try and get you say you're not getting kids appalling numbers of tank up accountants falling
0: <laughs> over <after laughs> <their enterprise>. yeah <laughs> but there was that that could it could always have been done that's the thing yes it's yes it may well be working but it would have worked with 2020 yep. it worked with the world cup final with 10 million people watching you know um where there's a will there's a way i've yep. taken uh, we'll get on to Googly fund actually we don't want this to all be hundred, but uh, <laughs> one anecdote um when um when alistair Cook scored his played his final innings at the Oval, mm-hmm. um the, the the there was a wonderful uh enlightened policy of children are free this day It was naught pounds, forty pounds for adults fantastic. It was a Monday. it was a school day. I took my son he was the only child at the ground. He's I've got a photo of him getting Alistair Cook's autograph, but um, the lack of joined up thinking to say, yeah, Oh, it's, yeah. it's the last day. We'll make it free, but perhaps because we know no kids will come. So various gestures have been made to bring children and, and newcomers to test cricket, but not in any coordinated way. And it's required me to put quite a lot of effort to take my child to a test that was affordable. And, um, you know this could all have been done it could still be done as it's done perhaps more in Australia but that's not where the priorities have been
3: no no and and uh, you're absolutely right about the effort and I think that's that's a big thing that actually it takes parents efforts to take them to county cricket to take them to you know test cricket effort's important Mm. effort is important it's you know what are we, what are we tra- what are we saying about kids and their lack of ability to concentrate? It's, it's a, it's an odd message we send them. I have to say.
1: Say, um, uh, in one sense, cricket's gone backwards for children, hasn't it? Because totally. In my day, I mean, you, sorry, sound like, sound like the <laughs> Fred Truman. In my day, and don't, 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 in my day, kids could play could play their own games on the on the outfield. Um, they were doing yeah, that at the
3: Royal London Cup at, 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 Somerset, um, oh, at Somerset the other day, and it was lovely.
1: Very welcome. Very welcome, re- mm. Restoration. Um, but um, well, I think we ought now to move on to the, <laughs> the, to the googly phone. <laughs> um, you've been going since April this year. Rob, what made you decide that there was a special need for a charity to sport
0: recreational cricket? Well, I've been a recreational cricketer since I left university. It's the form of cricket that I absolutely love. I did used to play, I used to play, you know, college first 11 cricket, that competitive side of cricket. I quite enjoyed it, but I felt always like, you know, if you drop a catch, everyone's going to, you know, (laughs) criticise you later. Um, If you're not the best player in the team, you may turn up and play for a game and not not actually bowling over that day and you're supposed to be happy. So recreational cricket is extremely important to me socially and as a, as Bring out the joy and inclusivity of cricket. But my team, the Mandarins, who i play played for ever since coming to London, we just noticed that the, the friendly teams we play against, the recreational cricket we play, there's just fewer teams around. The teams are getting older and it's, things are becoming much more league orientated. And in many cases, th- there's just nothing to support that side of of social cricket. There's no initiatives particularly. And um, I think in many cases, a lot of clubs are just looking for someone to to give them a a nudge and a bit of support. They're they're short of equipment. They just need to bring in younger players who have no kit. So I wanted an initiative to, to, to support adult recreational cricket because I think children are well supported. But there's nothing that says to a 25 year old, would you like to come back into cricket and play a few games? And anything that will support that returning to cricket and playing cricket in the best spirit, I think is a good thing.
2: That's an absolutely marvelous idea. And I think what uh, Rob says there about this sort of experience of people who played a sort of uh, random club cricket uh, is, is that everybody's getting incredibly old and um you you're just it is quite difficult teams drop out you're getting endless emails saying you know can you get field of team for saturday all this kind of stuff so i think it's just a really really good sensible off piece idea i think it's absolutely brilliant and i wish it all success i, re- I really do i think it's marvelous
0: and i uh, it's getting over league oriented and, and all that kind of stuff um can i tell you about um another thing that 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 sort of inspired us setting up the fund. And that's something that happened sort of casually locally with me. My children, in fact, my last child has just left primary school. But somebody at my kids primary school um, challenged a a parent or a dad from a a local school to a match. And so they recruited players in and we played um, a lovely match in uh, Dulwich in South London. And um, uh, it was um, it was great. We all enjoyed it. But what we noticed was lots of players hadn't played since they were about 15 because people drop out of cricket after the, the structure is there. Unless they go into clubs, they, they don't play a game. Lots of people saying, I've, uh, uh, I have I won't be any good. I haven't played since I was 15. And us saying, you're exactly what we're looking <laughs> for. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we played that match. People said, let's play again next year. We played again next year. Other local primary schools started saying, we'd like to play too since we started in 2009 200 they have so far been entirely dads but they can be anybody 200 parents from primary schools have played cricket many of them who had never played before or who have not played since they were at school and it's built a social community around my corner of south london that has been fantastic and uh, it's given a you know, many have reported, actually, especially during COVID, how good it's been for their sanity, for their mental health, for 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 their social, you know, needs to have cricket to play. And th- the idea of getting parents from primary schools to play—I think this has got some potential to be rolled out and done elsewhere. Because the thing about parents of primary school children is they're youngish. And they've got a reason to form a team because you've got the school as the sort of unifying factor. You've got a large supply of adults who have played cricket in some form or other. And it's got continuity that you can play in future. So um, as part of the Googly Fund for 2022, we're actually setting up the primary parent challenge, which is if you're a parent at a primary school, find a local primary school you'd like to play against and uh, get two teams together, find a pitch, and we'll give you 150 quid minimum as a grant to go towards hiring a ground and getting a bit of kit and just kicking you off. And I'm hoping that once it's happened, once then, if it's a success, it will repeat itself. And we that, that light touch, tiny injection of, mm. uh, of money can be enough to set off what could potentially be as big as we've had in our corner of London. That's a terrific idea
1: does the program include any sort of training for for the parents who haven't been lucky enough to play cricket before uh, may not have gone to the right sort of school i've
0: mm. got a i've got a sort of template that i've set out and actually there's a there's a blog i wrote about this on my website robbiestoye.com you can you can find that to to find out more but it's setting out here's how we suggest you set this up to to work and of course one of the things is adults returning to cricket are often uh, very nervous about how competent they're going to be, and they might want to have a chance to turn their arm over. They'll be stiff everything else. So, if there are local nets to get uh, to to go and informally turn your arm over and and, and have a go at cricket again, we at, we strongly encourage that um, as a as a way of, of reminding people how to play. Other than that, then people just turn up and do their best. But we've got little rules to, to protect the really weak cricketers like you can only have at most two wides or no balls in an over oh, okay. <laughs> any more than that and it just Very counts important. as a dot ball which costs one run so you oh. don't get those horrible embarrassing humiliating 25 ball overs <laughs> second rule uh, you have to retire at 25. Oh. you can come back at the end so you're not out forever, but it means that the strong cricketers are managed. Everyone gets a go and it's actually quite strategic and mm. it works really well. We play thirty over matches. Um, they're often incredibly close and, and exciting, but an incredibly broad range of abilities. I think you're only allowed to bowl maximum of five overs, maximum of three overs in a spell, so lots of people have got to bowl. So there's lots of ways you can make cricket inclusive. And and it almost needs to be engineered. And you'll know, you know, a good captain can make everyone love a game of cricket, and a bad captain can mm. ruin an afternoon for half the team at least. <laughs>
1: As can a bad umpire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually,
0: that's uh, just uh, prompts me to say, what uh,
1: uh, do you make any um, special provision for umpires and scorers who are so so important?
0: We will fund anything that's going to help recreational cricket happen and I, I include in that the ground staff as someone who prepares the pitches often uh, as a volunteer and one of the clubs we've funded actually um, said look our, our, our amateur groundsman um, his seed machine has broken or whatever we need 200 quid just to to fix it and everything so we've given a grant to them because the groundsman is vital to be honest sometimes the tea maker is vital too so if there's a tea maker who for 30 years has been doing this unloved unthanked or whatever we would in principle support an honorarium a hundred pounds thank you to that person just to say we value you you're what makes this club work so it's almost about finding the individuals who are the Facilitators that make clubs work, and often it's one person or two people who make an entire setup operate so we want to help those people
3: yeah it's it's an absolutely fabulous initiative it is so so wonderful. I cannot praise it enough um Rob and I met uh over recreational cricket didn't we I think we we're yeah. playing mandarins and now um my team, which is the erratics in Exeter, we have a a yearly game against the mandarins now so um all i uh, what i want to say is all those things you were saying about the parent um game where you you bring in the the laws about you know somebody retiring at 25 and you, all those things are, are so so important in recreational cricket in friendly cricket we do those in all our t20 games you know we make sure that it's a game for everyone and consequently as the erratics we have over 60 fixtures in a season only okay. Wow. um including usually two at a weekend and one in the week um and we we have a big uh, pool of players um that want to play it's really really healthy here because of the friendliness and that yeah. that you know that real um that the game is the key not not anything else the game and and, and making sure everybody enjoys it is yeah. is the key and this is what Rob is doing and it's it's just fabulous and it's so wonderful to be a trustee and to to you know get all these stories in and 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 hear from um people uh what they want to do and and be able to help them it's just wonderful
2: it's a marvellous idea, I think, Rob. How does one plug this somewhere? Does it just go onto your website? Uh,
0: absolutely. There's a, it's very simple. Go into googlyfund.co.uk and you'll okay. find all about us, what we support, okay. one or two examples of who we've supported already. Um, we are a charity. We're a charitable trust Setting up a charity when you're small yeah. can be Ooh. quite a pain. So at the moment, <laughs> yes. wouldn't it be wonderful to have a just giving thing for people to be able to to, yeah. to, to just give? It turned out to be horrendously complicated because I don't. I want to. Uh, I won't go into the technical details. So at the moment, if people do want to contribute, they have to trust us and make a payment into our bank account or um, you know to one of us as trustees. Yeah. But that's. But yes, find out about it and spread the word, and particularly sure. the primary parent challenge because I think we could bring in so many of a next generation of recreational cricketer that way yep. mm-hmm. um, especially the thing about parents as well is they have children parents of primary school kids so the the, the the children come along to the game and they watch cricket being played they get brought into the culture of this is a this is a social thing and I can't think of any other situation where children are more naturally brought into adult company than a social cricket match.
3: No, definitely not.
2: I was just reminded, Rob, well, the thing you were saying earlier of the infrastructure of a cricket match is still quite substantial in terms of you know pitch preparation, um, you know layout uh, kit for the uh, for the for the middle, and then obviously yeah. the tea, the purchase of the tea kit <laughs> and the making thereof. I mean, it's quite, you need quite a lot of stuff just to get a decent cricket match going, don't you? Basically, y- you and do. I mean, Which
0: and our principle, and I hope this is repeatable elsewhere, is for occasional social matches, you find a club, a, a school, maybe a, an independent school who's got a pitch or whatever, and you talk to them about hiring their facilities for yeah. an afternoon. That's what we do. It works very successfully. I'm, I'm lucky to be in a part of London where there are a lot of cricket pitches mm. for hire. But but generally, there are cricket pitches around in parks or whatever. Yep. So so then, if the if the pitch has been prepared and they provide the stumps, bales and scoreboard, everything else is by and large affordable especially if someone's got a bat buy a new ball you know you can you can share and that's the principle we work on
1: brilliant is it having rob is it having any success you mentioned that the children get involved in um in the matches with their parents or they get aware of the game socially is it having any is primary parent challenge having any success in making cricket penetrate um the primary schools themselves because it's you know it's, we're very worried about its disappearance in schools generally aren't we mm.
0: yes G- gently it is i think actually primary school cricket has possibly never been better served there's all sorts of initiatives like all stars is it called and and so on up to the age of 11 all over the country you'll find so many cricket initiatives and kids playing so that's fantastic with my own children i 've seen then there 's a decline age twelve, thirteen forty as exams come in so it 's what happens when they get to fifteen between the age of fifteen and twenty five You can lose all of it so um and, and partly what we 're addressing here is how to pick up what was set up when you were young and and implement it when you 're an adult as it were. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The other
2: thing you get sometimes is that you're the person, somebody who says, I haven't played cricket for 15 years. I'm so sorry. And then they proceed to smite the ball out of the ground, more or (laughs) or less.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. But they love to know that there's other people like them and that far from being the hopeless, cack-handed player who can only snick it through fine leg and, you know, everyone laughing at you, that you celebrate people like that. That's what makes cricket so fun. The number 11 who's hopeless who scrambles a single and that's the side of cricket that i love and mm. is often lost in, in us being immersed in the professional side where it's all about perfection most of us are not perfect cricketers and uh and part of the the humor of cricket i mean we all know cricket is a as it's fundamental it's a it's a funny game in every sense and, and, it, and it's, it's a to be celebrated game
3: and it's a yeah. it, it's a joyful game if you actually um and we've had um Six new people have joined our club this year and and that's that's a really we're seeing a, a real increase and 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 youngsters too you know twenty odd year olds it's and 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 we they've never played before some of them and and if you can give them that um you know that chance to bat occasionally or you know try it in the field in in friendly cricket, they gain the confidence i've seen such improvement in some of our players over the years it's incredible.
0: That, that is very true. And actually, that is one way that you do get the 15 year old committed to cricket is by, is through social cricket. Mm-hmm. They get absorbed into the team. And so often the Mandarins will have one or two, you know, <laughs> we of players. So there'll be a 13 year old, you know, a 16 year old. But, but yes, they get better and better and they get drawn into it. They yep. realize they're important. And um, that they 've got a role to play they 've got fit legs, they can throw the ball, and these are fantastic attributes in an aging team
1: <laughs> you can say that again yes there 's a lot of uh, ingenuity in, involved in isn 't there in field setting? You try and have one of these you know teenagers cover players like me who um, you Know, have to dive for the ball in a hopeless you know, uh, because there's no alternative way of stopping it at all. And if we don't stop it, we need some backup, and we need somebody to get us up on our feet again. Um, uh, Rob, there's a lot of talk now about um, the uh, communities and um, uh, that are underrepresented and um, and disadvantaged in, in cricket, and I just wondered if um. It's it's short time. The googly funders managed to to help any clubs um, in that sort of category. Are you, uh, have you done anything to bring cricket to these underrepresented underrepresented groups?
0: Given the size we are, we're utterly dependent on who approaches us. They just oh. need to know that we are we yeah. are open to everything and to to bringing in communities who are not used to playing. Perhaps my favourite example so far. Is we were uh, approached by the Kent uh, Refugee Network, a group called CRAN, K R A N, who said, We are putting together a refugee team, some of them Afghans, which is kind of feels very uh, (laughs) relevant and poignant at the moment, Mm -hmm. to play a match in Folkestone against other teams, and we just need some kit. So we have funded them, and they played their match um, in Folkestone a couple of weeks ago. uh, And, you know, what could be more fantastic? than that to, to be giving a purpose and a, and a and a sport a team activity to to a group who would otherwise you know probably have just had no chance to be playing any cricket but you know that that in a way is, is quite a dramatic and wonderful story but but we will be supporting teams of any kind who approach us. The main thing is they want to they need to believe in in playing social friendly cricket. Do you know who
2: won? Rob? Did the refugees win? <laughs> I think
0: they did. I yes, I, I wanted to get details of the game, and they did post lots of details on Twitter. Yes, yes. But uh, but in the end, okay. as we all know, it doesn't matter who won. Yes. It's, uh, <laughs> it's whether they had a good time. Ah. <laughs> well, nice well, that's
1: very traditional. Um,
0: uh, it's
1: uh, Googly Fund is, is trans is financed from donation, individual donations, and royalties from your uh, your book. Um, uh, what is a Googly? Uh, which, is, which is very generous, a new edition, uh, published quite recently. just wondered if you're getting any sort of um, corporate sponsorship yet. It's something a lot of companies might want to get involved in, particularly those that are interested in corporate spo- uh still interested in corporate social responsibility
0: yeah if if any if any companies want to approach us and say we'd like to support you, no strings attached, we will happily take <laughs> donations um I, I have had actually a fantastic donation from somebody I know at Admiral Insurance who have supported many of the other activities I've involved with schools and so on so uh, a big shout out to the wonderful David Stevens, but our absolute uh, completely unanticipated donation came from America, someone who heard me do an interview about the Googly Fund on BBC World Service. And this uh, this uh, chap from New Hampshire by the name of Ramaswamy just emailed me out of the blue and said, I like the sound of what you're doing. Tell me more. And is there a way of transferring money? And, you know, it's sometimes hard to tell. Is this just a, 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 a bit of spam or is a genuine <laughs> email or whatever? But, you know, I sounded him out. It was absolutely genuine. He said, and he said, can I send you a check? So a check was in the post. I thought, it's it's going to be at least $100, isn't it? Because um, he wouldn't go to all that effort. But I've no idea. Anyway, a few days later, the cheque arrived. He had donated to us his entire um, COVID contribution from both President Trump and President Biden, about uh, $3,000. he said, I don't need this and I want to support cricket because what you guys are doing matters more than that. And I just think how wonderful to discover, I've never been on this side of charitable work, to see people who just say, I love what you're doing, here's some money, and often incredibly generous. So I want those people to know we absolutely want to use this these funds in the best possible way to support something we all love. And all four of us as trustees, Annie and uh, colleagues, Dan and Helen as well, are just, uh, we're all utterly committed to social cricket. Can
1: I just suggest one thing, one uh, avenue you might not have explored is the idea of reverse sponsorship. Um, In the very early days of my social cricket club, which Annie also happens to be called the Erratics, (laughs) uh, uh, quite independently. It's an offshoot of a club I played for at, um, at college. I managed anyway, in our very early days, we really were pretty terrible. I managed to get Reverse sponsorship uh, from a leading uh, equipment maker, um, with a promise not to use any of their kits <laughs> 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 on the pitch. I think it was grey nickels, and they said I think it was fifty quid, which was worth a lot in the seventies. Yeah, uh, it was on our honour, of course, not to use their kit, and you know, it'd cover up their logo if somebody brought it. I hope in
3: you've and... never used their kit since.
1: Uh, well, we've. Um, We've got a bit better, so that, uh, we've you know lifted the embargo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lifted the embargo on ourselves. But anyway, it's something. Uh, I, I just throw the idea into the mix. Um, I, I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure both of you actually. I've played against the mandarins in my time, so they they're they're really too good to um, <laughs> work in a sort of a cricketing extortion racket like that. And I'm sure <laughs> your erratics are the same, Annie. You know, um Rob, we ought to move on to your book. What is a googly? Which is, as I said earlier, it's a very, very, um, a very entertaining, very lucid guide to the language of cricket. Um, let's talk about the googly itself. Have you developed any theory of how the googly, or do you know
0: um, how the googly actually got its name? Which is uh, quite an obscure point. Well, it is, it is, and I think I mean I've, I've. Dug around again, see if anyone 's come up with new, new thoughts about where it came from. It, it did emerge as a word sometime in the late 1800s, and people tend to think it came from Australia somewhere. It became sort of formally adopted in cricket when Bosenquet invented it as a delivery, and the Bosey became the googly but Digging around further, the word googly was already in cricket. I think as early as 1885, people were talking about googly balls. It's just it wasn't known whether that meant what we now think of as a googly or just um, googly as in googly eyed, which is a, an American term of, you know, squiffy all over the place or, you know, strange direction up in the air. Who knows? So yeah. um, but I love, you know, I love the, the obscure origins of so much. So much terminology in cricket, which most of us don't know where it came from. Indeed, mm. when we think, think about it a bit harder, think, why? I mean, that makes no logical sense. But cricket doesn't have to make too much logical sense. That's part of the point.
1: Yeah, indeed. There's, a, there's an American Variety song, quite a famous one, called Barney Google.
0: Mm. Barney, well, yeah, well, remember?
1: Yeah. Barney Google with his goo-goo-googly eyes. Well, <laughs>
0: you couldn't get a bigger brand in the world than Google.com itself oh. now, of course.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, um,
1: and a, a few others we've looked at as well. The Yorkers are very great. It's a pretty mysterious term, isn't it?
0: It is. I mean, so so, um, and and I mean, some some of them sort of. Uh, you you can guess why Silly Point is called Silly Point because you'd have to be silly to stand there, and I certainly never do. Um, but um, but I I remember digging around for for Third Man and thinking what third to whom, and there are various theories like. Uh, there used to be two fielders on the, the boundary, but this was a, a third one was felt to be needed for when the ball was you know, going down in that direction. Or is there like the keeper is the first man and the slip is the second or whatever? Um, and of course, I'm sure you're thinking this too. Of course, it, it is one of the few fielding positions that still has the word man embedded mm-hmm. within it. Um, and when I was doing the new edition of What is a Googly? Well, one word that I did replace, and I have mixed feelings about it, but in the end, I thought the world is going towards batter as mm-hmm. a term for the bowler batter. It's, it's logical. The, the reason I don't like it is it's a basebally word. That's that's my objection to it, really. Um, but third man, I did t- talk to people. Um, is that going? Is there going to be some sensitivity about that or not? So far, I don't think there is, but I suspect if we do change. What we, how we refer to it, we'll probably just call it third, just drop the word man. Brilliant. In the same way, we kind of, could you go to silly, we sort of do that anyway when playing cricket, we drop what we shorten the term. So I don't know what will happen to that particular term, I think everywhere else um, is sort of a neutral uh, word that can be used by anyone without any objection.
1: I think that's right. Um any do you have any thoughts on changing third man and changing batsman to um, a neutral batter uh it's um
3: yeah it's one of those things isn't it i i, I always think oh why can't all names just be like bowler or you know why can't we why do we have to have had these terms to begin with it makes everything so complicated but yeah i think i, I think rob's right i think y- you have to look forward and 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 move to batter um just because you are going to be getting more women playing, you know, you're going to get... You you can't just um, term it a batsman anymore. It's like a fireman, isn't it? Or, you know, things like that. That has These things do have to change now. But I agree with Rob. I, I don't like the term batter. It, you know, it, it's it's American. It feels American to me.
1: Actually, I think the problem is only there in... Um... In the English language, I think almost every other language doesn't have to struggle with um, masculine and feminine designations. I may be wrong. Um, Annie and Rob, I'm going to ask you both in turn, which modern cricket expression do you find most infuriating? I'm sure you must find, find some. I'll give you my own candidate, which is good areas for bowlers. When I was taught to bowl, or somebody tried to teach me to bowl, I wasn't told to bowl at an area. I was told to bowl on a sixpence. Anyway, <laughs> what, what, um, each of you, Annie, first. What, what's your least favourite modern cricket term?
3: Oh, there's there's too many. Um, I think I really, really find the maximum um, thing a really, really annoying um, term. I, it's a six. Mm. Um, but there's plenty. I find uh, quite a lot of uh, (coughs) the modern terms quite um, hard to listen to.
1: How about you, Rob? Your least least favourite bit of new cricket Uh, language.
0: uh, I mean, some bits kind of come and go, so if you wait long enough, they just disappear again. So you remember, I mean, it's it's now kind of disappeared, but Corridor of Uncertainty, when it was there and in the corridor, irritated me, For some reason, it was a boycottism that got adopted by by everyone else. Uh, And of course, this season, there was the threat of replacing Wicket with an out, another baseball term. But that one was defeated by the people. So in the end, you know, the good terminology by and large stays and the the stuff that irritates everyone by and large seems to to disappear. Um, I mean, there's one term, I think it's actually quite old, but it was new to me a couple of years ago and that is buzzers for overthrows i'd never heard it but everyone else around me said of course they're called buzzers i'm not sure how i'd managed to avoid it anyway i don't like that i don't think i'll be calling overthrows buzzers ever (laughs) but um but uh i might well be being told "Oh, traditional 1886 first buzzers i don't know Can I just
2: say, there's a great danger, I know it's all being playful and ironic, but there is a great danger in getting fantastically overworked up about things that really don't matter in the slightest, which is part of the sort of uh, problems of um the modern age kind of thing. <laughs> These things don't matter. But, yeah. you know, the core is what you're talking about is your game and the people and the the wonderful um, collaborations that take place between people the friendships that form for life and all that kind of stuff. And whether it's called a buzzer or an out or a maximum, it's really not here, not there, but fun.
1: Rob, uh, apart from writing What is a Googly and um, being a co-founder of the Googly Fund, you've written a number of books about mathematics, uh, explaining mathematical concepts, and uh, from your work as a mathematician, you've um, devised a... Very um, interesting potential replacement for Duckworth-Lewis, haven't you? Tell us
0: about that. Uh, I think the important thing about the Duckworth-Lewis system is the principle, the principle that when rain curtails a game, you have to find a fair way of readjusting a target uh, better than the the system that was used in the 1992 World Cup or whatever, where suddenly South Africa had to score... 20 runs off the last ball, or whatever ludicrous thing it was. (laughs) Um, And by and large, what Duckworth and Lewis did was using historical statistical information to say, in this situation, when a team's three down and got 100 as a proportion of the target total, they win, you know, they go on to score, you know, 246 on average. So really, it's a set of statistical tables based on history, and used to take any situation to say, well, given that this is where on average you'd expect to get to. And I think in principle uh, it's fine and it has generally worked okay. I mean, there are one or two slightly better you know, tweaks that people have suggested or there are tweaks people have suggested, which I think have strengths, but let's not go into the detail. The biggest problem I think Duckworth Lewis has is that it's taken away the sense that a cricket fan has of, I know what's going on. Because in the end, when the players come off for rain and go back on again, the cricket expert doesn't know what the new target is going to be. It's entirely coming out of a black box. So they can't say to their friend they brought along, oh, what's going to happen is it's going to get adjusted <laughs> to 160. And sometimes the, the adjustment looks wrong. It looks counterintuitive. It looks unfair. And there have been examples of cricketers saying "Ah, oh, that that Duckworth Lewis adjustment was was really bad. Um, you know, it was really unfair to our team. So what's the way around this? Well, how to bring the human factor in. It was a thought experiment I had with a, a couple of, of colleagues of mine, uh, Hannah Fry and and Matt Parker, and we sat around thinking about this as game theory and saying, look, in the end, why not put it back into the hands of the cricketers? So um, the umpire is the judge of all things in a cricket match. Let the umpires decide what the adjustment should be after a rain interval, uh, and they can perhaps refer to the Duckworth Lewis tables and decide whether they agree or not. And meanwhile, let the captains of the two teams decide what they think is fair they like put in a bid and our first thought was simply if your bid is whoever's bid is closest to what the umpire thinks is the bid we go for and it's a little bit like an I cut you choose strategy that children have with cake (laughs) <laughs> where how do you make sure it's fair? Um, you get one child to cut the cake in half and the other one to choose which one they think is the bigger half. And that way, both sides will, will tend towards what they both think is fair. So both captains will say, well, look, you know, I think the umpires going to say 163, so I'm going to go 162 in the hope that the other side is further away. So something along those lines. But the point is to make it still a human decision that people feel humans made you know, the final decision on. And um, I, I, I'm not sure it would ever stand up in practice, but it did occur to me that that overcomes the, the biggest fear ha- people have about Duckworth Lewis, which is that it's a black box.
3: What do you call mm-hmm. this method,
0: Ron? The Eastway Fry Parker method. <laughs> they would disagree. They would they would rearrange the order of the names.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rob and Annie, thank you very, very much for joining us and particularly for taking us... Um, telling us about the Googly Fund. Just mention uh, its website again, www.googlyfund.co.uk. Find out more about it, find out more how to um, get some money out of it uh, and how to donate to it uh, if you're a um, recreational cricketer. More power to all its efforts, and I hope you both enjoy the rest of your respective seasons.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: On which note, it's um, goodbye for me, Richard Heller, on a still overcast day in south London.
2: Uh, and it's goodbye from me, Roger Orton. Thanks very much for a most fascinating hour. <laughs>